Welcome to the Copy Room Chat, the podcast for educators just like you. Do you want to gain quick tips and tools to use in your classroom? This podcast is brought to you by the Practical Teachers and hosted by me, Renee Hirano and Amy Youngren. We are both educators and moms with 20 years of experience in education. Do you want to thrive, not just survive in your classroom? Then join us for a quick chat in the copy room. Hey teachers, welcome back to the copy room. I'm your host, Amy Youngren, along with Renee Hirano. Today we thought we'd chat about how to maximize your evaluations. So for most of us, mid-year performance reviews have probably already happened and we've probably been observed at least once this year. And now we have new goals on our minds and new things that we want to take on and get done before the end of the year. So Renee, I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about what your mid-year was like, and then we can talk about maybe some tips to um, make this a less stressful process. So- um, yeah, so our mid-years um, happen in December and January, and we have <clears throat> kind of an outlined form for us. I'm not sure if all districts do, but we do. And so it, we really, I, what I like about it is we start out talking like, what's going really well in our classrooms? What what are we finding success in? And especially I think in this year, you know, principals and coaches and all those people that would be in your rooms a lot, perhaps haven't been in a lot, have right. been subbing, doing other things. So you kind of get to show off a little bit. And then we really kind of have this formula to like, look at what's our personal growth plan that we set at the beginning of the year. We look at where we are on our rubric. And so for a lot of people that might be, where are you on your criteria list? Where are you on your rubric? Whatever your district, however you're evaluated, what's given to you at the beginning of the year. And then we really do some planning around, you know, if you're going to have another observation that's formal or if you have informals that are going to happen. And we really do some planning around being strategic about what are the things that they might not have seen in that observation or those first semester observations, formal or informal, and we plan for what we want to see, okay. right? What they want to see. And so I think, you know, it's a, it's a pretty good process. We also go over some data, right? Just make sure that we're aligned for the next quarter. It's not all just about that e- evaluation rubric, but it really is focused on that because that's important. Like, let's sure. just be honest, right? We're, we're getting evaluated and we need, we want to show our best selves. And so it's good in those meetings to be open and honest and really get some concrete steps. And, and this probably I'm, I'm confirming with you, but this process would be the same or very similar for a newer teacher for a second year teacher. Yeah, it would definitely, you know, I'm not sure, you know, when I think about it, like it's the same process for everyone it might look different if you're newer or if you're veteran, if you're, you know, in our district it's called probationary and non-probationary or tenured or not tenured. Right. Um, the, you know, the one thing that's different, I think is like the number of formal observations that often happens in districts for different categories. Right. Um, and it's also hopefully congruent with whoever's coaching you and giving you feedback regularly. Right. But, you know, if we need to think about evaluations as this, end of the year, things that determine, you know, movement and salary and all those things to be affected. 
Okay. Right. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And so the one disclaimer, Amy, I think that we want to make is kind of, we call it the elephant in the room or disclaimer, whatever you want to say is that. Right. Sometimes this year we talked about this a lot, but it could, sometimes it feels like evaluations are disconnected from the classroom at times. And there, there's a variety of reasons. And I think sometimes let's just be honest when you plan for a, an evaluation observation, the amount of time you put into that planning is extensive. It's long. It's detailed, more detailed than you have time for weekly. Yep. Um, it could be that, you know, you're new and you're not sure about the, you know, your evaluators efficacy or your evaluators understanding of what's happening in your classroom or, you know, sometimes it, it even feels disconnected because we, you know, we, we're not sure about how our evaluator wants to see things. Right. Right. And I think we just have to be clear that we want to be the people we want to, we want to come at it from a lens of how do we control what we can control? We can't control any of those things. Right. Sure. But how do we, what you said, maximize our evaluations? How do we show our evaluators when they're putting it on the end of the rubric, exactly who we are and what we do as a teacher. Well, so. and I think it's really helpful just to name it. Um, so I remember as a first year teacher, let's be realistic. I don't think it's even our normal every day to day is not the same as a day that we have a formal evaluation. And I remember thinking like, yeah, but if I was a good teacher, if I was, you know, the perfect teacher, that would always look the same. No, let's just name it and be authentic about the planning that would go into a formal observation is different than the planning that goes into um, day in and day out. And I think that's some of the things that we'll talk about and what's important about those formal evaluations that are different than when you plan your every day. And I don't think that I was always concerned that did that mean something about me as a teacher that I'm not planning that way for every day. Um, and no, I think your day-to-day -day planning is a, has a different level of fluidity than a yeah. planning for an, an eval and your evaluators, it looks different. I think in every school I'm assuming, but sometimes it's a principal, sometimes it's a curriculum coach, sometimes it's a another teacher. Um, so that kind of changes the lens that you were talking about as well. So no, I just, I just wanted point. to name that it, it is different. It feels different. It looks different and it's supposed to. So, and right. we, its purpose right. is different, right? It's purpose is different. It's, purpose it's like, can different. you do these things versus, and some things are not applicable every day, right? Some right. They're not applicable every day, but they're, the purpose is different. Not that you don't want to be the best teacher, but I think you named it perfectly in what you said. Yeah, the purpose is different. So that's important. So thinking about that purpose and what the purpose is and controlling the parts that we can control, which is not all of them. It's not really many of them, actually. <laughs> um, what are some of the tips and ways that, that we've found to um, streamline this, this process? What are some of the things we can do to make sure? I think maybe that that's our that's the goal is how do we make our how do we get the ranking that we know we deserve? How do we yeah. make that match? Yeah, I think the top thing is to know exactly what you're being evaluated on. You know, even as a veteran teacher, I can sort of tune out on that 
mandatory meaning of going over the rubric every year. Mm-hmm. But actually, my job is to be the to know that backwards and forwards. And what does it look like in my classroom? And what will they be looking for? You know, they have look fors that they're trying to find for those things. And so my job, part of my job as an educator is to know exactly what I'm being evaluated on, exactly what it looks like, exactly how to show it, exactly how to demonstrate that for somebody. And those those things are not a secret. Like those those look fors are not a secret. So if you don't already know them, how do you find them out? So you're educated about what yeah, and, on. and don't be afraid to ask about them. Don't be oh. afraid to say, how do I get this? Don't be afraid to be this advocate for yourself because you see other people maybe not asking those questions doesn't right. mean it's common knowledge. It just means that you don't, you're not sure of it yet. And so I think sometimes we, oh yeah, I know what that means. Or I do, if you don't know, or you're not sure, ask somebody I just recently, I was probably last year in the district I'm in now, found out that there's a whole sheet of look fors which teacher that evaluators get trained on that we can see. Well, hello, right? It's like an answer key. Like <laughs> sometimes it's like looking at the answer key to find out how the problem was solved. That's exactly what it is, right? Well, and you nailed it though when you said just because you don't know those answers doesn't mean you've you, you missed some step you just maybe or just because your neighbor teachers aren't asking for it oh I'm, I think I'm supposed to already know that no you're not already supposed to know that it's okay to ask for it and find it and I think that's even I mean I think that also shows edu- you know shows your evaluator shows people that your willingness to learn and your desire to point. get better at your craft right it's, I don't think it's like a brown nose thing I think it's literally like I want to be sure I understand this. I want to be sure that, you know, I've, I've, I know it backwards and forwards. You know, this term goat always goes around the greatest of all. Yeah. I think this yeah. is what I, right. This, I think that's what you have to do because it, it's just part of the job, right? I'm not saying you're going to commit as much as you into this, as you are into learning your craft of teaching math or science or chemistry or PE or whatever. But I'm also saying different determines a lot. And we could reduce our stress level each time they come up in a year if I already feel more confident about what they're looking for. And just asking the question, what am I being evaluated on? Yeah. I think that kind of goes into like this whole idea of your pre-work. So if I know the rubric, right? So if I think about the process I go through before I get a formal observation, like I think about what lesson is coming up in my long range plan that day that it's going to be there. I help get to pick the date usually of my formal observation. Right. So I'm going to pick a day that's loaded full of as many things as possible to show off. And that could be at the beginning of the year, right? You want to, in this formal observation, it's your chance to shine. It's your chance to show as much as possible. And so I'm going to design a lesson that has some small group time. It's going to have, it's going to have teamwork time. It's going to have alone time, independent work. It's going to have me giving directions. It's going to have all that parts of the lesson cycle. But in that 45 minutes, like we talked about its purpose, its purpose is to show that I have the ability to do these things. Uh And so I think, you know, I'm going to, and then I'm going to, what I'm going to do, I'm going to plan. And then I look at my rubric and I say, I'm going to check this box and this box, or I'm looking at my criteria list and say, yep, got it. I've got it. Right. Because I want to go into my debrief when I'm done and I want to, have an idea of all the 
boxes. I always say boxes. I guess not everyone has a rubric. So I just want to be clear that whatever it is that you sure. use for this checklist or look for, go through and say, I think these are the things I'm going to do or I plan to do. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to do them all, right? Because we all know a lesson can go any which way, sure. right? Sure. But I'm going to plan and put in as much as possible and know when I come to that debrief, did they catch all of these things? And you know which ones that um, you planned for. And maybe if things changed, you can speak to, I planned for that and this is how it changed. And yeah, well, and that's very helpful. And there, you know, there, our rubric is ginormous. And so an evaluator in 45 minutes trying to see everything that I tried to cram in, they might not have caught something and I can point it out and I can show them my lesson plan. You know, the other thing is, do you have a chance for a pre-observation meeting? You know, I don't know if districts where you are aim or have been in, you know, have pre-observation meetings, but yes. they become really helpful for me because they already know what I, they're looking for when I explain, like go through my lesson plan. They also have, might have ideas right. of how I can show that look for, right? I think that's a great, and whether it's already in the system or not, it might not be a bad idea to ask for if you're new to either the school or new to teaching altogether to ask for that pre-conference meeting because then they've had to give you an idea of what they'll be looking for and you're just more informed. And I think it goes back to what you said. It doesn't show a weakness that you ask for it. It shows it's really important to me that I know what you're looking for and that I'm constantly growing. And I'm invested in this. And I'm invested in, yeah, I'm invested in it. Have you ever been in a situation or a school that you haven't gotten to pick I think we're always given at least a window um, of of choosing at least what subject, what time of day, yeah, what day, yeah. So yeah, I've so, always been. That's always been. Or you know, there's like a range of dates. Sure. Um, and I think, you know, I think, I think people are flexible in that. I think principals have windows, right, and they have only a certain amount of time, and so sure. you can also, you know, be flexible. But you know, just pick a lesson that is really showing off as many skills as possible in that framework, in that amount of time, in that hour of time, however long that observation is. Right. Um, so. so then you've had, so then you've had that observation and shortly after you're having a um, debrief. Yes. With your evaluator. And that's often maybe the most important part now of moving into the conversation about evaluations even though we know and we're going to be told it's not personal, most jobs you put your heart into, but I, I don't know if it's saying too much <laughs> to say teaching, I mean, obviously I, I am not objective about this, but <laughs> teaching, we put even more of our hearts. So it is personal. That's like our classroom. Those are our, those are, that's our heart and all of our time. And so it does become personal. So how do you sit in that debrief? We've talked about the pre, the during, and then how do you walk out and start to, you know, flip the script a little so it can start to work to your advantage as you move through the rest of the year and into your formal evaluation. I mean, form, yeah, formal evaluation. So I think it's funny, Amy, because every time I'm done with a formal observation, all I can think about is what went wrong. Right. Right. That's so and hard. So I think it's really, and oh, I had this planned and I didn't get to it or... I do think there's a couple of things you can do. I think I've started to do this because I I can't remember what happened sometimes. Later You're out on. of body. I so I write down like three things that went well because mm. people are going to ask you that. 
Oh, and then I that's think a really we, good tip. I think that we have to, we are our harshest critics, right? Yep. And so I think we do write down the things that we notice that we want to get better at mm-hmm. and, you know, have an honest conversation with ourselves before we get into that observation. I think this, you know, I think what you're talking about is, is trying to shift our mindset to be as open to feedback from adults as we are from kids. <laughs> and I think it's, you know, and I think it's also like, you know, really being able to name, we're being able to name what we want to work on and listening with an open heart. We might not take each of those things. We might not take each of those things, but we might right. hear what they're saying. So especially, we, I think, also and if we use, no, yeah. Go ahead. It's, well, it's especially helpful that you said you've had that reflection with yourself prior to the meeting. Well, and if we think about evaluations as we want to get to the goal, whatever they say, whatever they're saying is the things we're going to want to work on. Mm-hmm. So we have to be really be open to hearing them and also then saying, I hear what you're saying. Does this work? Right. Making sure you can compute it and put it into your own words your own language, right? what makes sense to you. Um, it's hard. It right. is hard. At the same time, when we talk about flipping the script, when we talk about making this for ourselves, we, that's what we need to do, right? We need to, we need to turn it so that we're using everything to our advantage. Right. And so hearing it might be hard, but that's what's going to get us the ranking that we deserve and show. Okay. That's what's key. Right. And then I, I don't want us to forget there are some things um, that are part of our evaluations that aren't things that our evaluator can see um, in that observation or in our day to day. So there, there is also a larger body of evidence that we are often asked for. We know there's the data, we know there's the classroom observation, we know there's, but there's also a larger body of evidence that we sometimes need to show our evaluator. And so do you have, I think it's important that we remember to keep that all year. So we're not surprised about it at the end. Um, Yeah. But other than that, what other tips are there to stay ahead of that? Um, I think, you know, when I think about those things, I think about like inviting them to a planning session when you're doing lesson planning or invite them to a data team meeting. You know, those are a lot of things that you're going to have to show you know, are you using data to plan your groups and are you using the standards to drive your instruction? And, and so I think, I think it is just keeping good records. Yep. And again, asking, okay, how can I show this to you? Can I videotape a lesson where you see it? Can I, you know, we have to be creative about giving people an opportunity to, to see all the things. And then also that's a good reason why you want that, that your coat, your evaluator to be part of all those conversations. Right. And I think that's a good point being creative. This year might be different. Your evaluator may be substituting every day instead of coaching and <laughs> observing. So there might need to be some creativity in how we get this done this year. So that's important to, to point out. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, and it is, it's a, it's a hard thing, but I, it's it's just keeping all the big picture in mind. It's much bigger than much bigger picture than we always like to keep, I think, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's keeping all those pieces in our head. Okay. Yeah, that's true. 
And it does. Our evaluations do carry a lot of weight. We all know that the data carries a lot of weight, but um, I think just to remind ourselves, it doesn't sum up our entire worth as a teacher. There's a lot of days that are not included in those evaluations. And we already know we are the expert in our classroom. So I think I've heard you say, this is your opportunity to also be an expert in what those evaluations are going to require of you. Um, so that you're make sure you're demonstrating everything you need to demonstrate to get that rating that you know you're worth you're worthy of. Yeah, I think that yeah, evaluations are important, but it's not the sum total of who you are. Right. But we can't discount them, right? We can't. Right. We have to play the game. It's all part of it, it's all, it's not a game, but it's all part of the job. It is. And we can't pretend or act like it's not part of the job. We have to be upfront and honest with ourselves and we have to be open to that feedback. We have to be open to that experience. And, you know, you can learn what you want to do or what you don't want to do from all experiences. That's right. right? But you, I think if you, we shift our mindset to like this, this is what I'm going to go in with. This is how I'm going to work with this. This is, I want to get the best rating. If that's my goal, my lens is different. Right. What I think about it. So, right. Yep. I think flip the script for ourselves. Remember, it's not everything, but it is an important thing that at the end of the year in May, when you're exhausted, you <laughs> do want a great rating. That's right. And so, yeah. That's right. Well, thanks for joining us today and we'll chat again soon. Thanks again for joining us here at Copy Room Chat. If you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and click the button so you don't miss any of the chat. And remember, head over to www.thepracticalteachers.com for more resources and to sign up for our monthly newsletter.